We'll just jump into this. Proverbs number two. Let's go ahead and look at this together. Proverbs number two. And uh, pick it up. By the way, it's another wrong with taking a day off, that's for sure. Look at verse, verse number 10 with me this morning. First, uh, Proverbs number two, look at verse number 10. The mouth says this, When wisdom entereth into thine heart, and knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul, discretion shall preserve thee, understanding shall keep thee. I want you to read those two verses together with me. You ready? When wisdom entereth into thine heart, and knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul, discretion shall preserve thee, understanding. Holy Father, would you bless the reading of your word? Again, feed us and teach us. Help us again have an understanding heart in Jesus' name. Amen. Church Family Proverbs, again, was written to the young person. All of us, no matter what our age is, can gain from the wisdom that's mentioned here. In verse number uh, 10, you'll notice at the end of verse number 10, there is no period. There's no period at the end of verse number 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, until you get down to verse number 17. Verses 10 through 17 is a continuous sentence. It's interesting how the Lord puts this together. I'm sure glad that I'm not an English major because I would not want to diagram that sentence. <clears throat> but verse number 10 and verse number 11 is talking about protection that wisdom gives. Look at verse 10 again. It says, When wisdom entereth in thine heart, and knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul, discretion shall preserve thee, understanding shall keep thee. Now, church, remember the word preserve there and the word keep. The word preserve means to hedge about. The word keep means to protect or guard. I want to talk to you a little bit about this idea, and I had the fellows bring the boxes in this morning, because I want to illustrate also, but I want to talk to you about the idea of wisdom's wall. You know, we talk about a person getting wisdom. The Proverbs that talks about it, uh, of course, wisdom is worth more than gold, silver, rubies, or all the person could desire. We have a tendency to think the most important thing is money, the most important thing is not money, the most important thing is wisdom. We think the most important thing is to have a retirement plan, the most important thing is not a retirement plan, is to be able to get wisdom. Some people would say things, or possession, or marriage, or college, but the most important thing a person can get in their life is wisdom. And God gives us an entire book written by, as God, written by inspiration of God. God used the wisest person who had ever lived, Solomon, to pen these words about wisdom. You need to have wisdom when it comes to raising, a ch raising your children, wisdom concerning your marriage, wisdom concerning your job. All of these things only God can give. James 1, verse number 5, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of, all right, ask of God. Proverbs 2, verse number 6, the Bible says very clearly where wisdom comes from. For the Lord giveth wisdom. Out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. Now, some of you have been with me a long time, and you've heard me talk about wisdom. And I really need you to focus this morning, because I want to talk to you about this idea of the protection that comes with wisdom. All right? And then there's the wall that God puts up for a person that, takes, that, that wants wisdom. I will tell you this. The person who doesn't want wisdom is the fool, and it's mentioned over and over in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 1, verse number 7. He says, the beginning of knowledge... I'm sorry, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. In verse number 22 of the same chapter, chapter number 1, How long, ye simple ones, will you love simplicity and the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. I'm just trying to tell you that if you have this lackadaisical attitude, whether it's the sermon, this message this morning, or whether it's just the idea of life, it's not important for me to get wisdom. I'm just telling you that is a foolish thought. That, that is very foolish of a person. The Bible says in Proverbs 18, verse number 2, a fool hath no delight in understanding, but that his heart may discover. The word discover means uncover. means to discover himself. In other words, the fool is all about him, not about God. The fool is not interested in the things of God. Listen, you came to church this morning, hopefully, you came to church this morning, number one, to worship the Lord, but also for the Lord to speak to you that you be a wiser Christian when you leave here than when you came in. God, increase my knowledge and understanding of the scriptures. What are the psalmists saying? Psalm 119, verse number 18. Open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. God, I need you to teach me. I need you to show me. You do not get to a certain age that you don't need wisdom. You don't get to a certain time of life that you cannot learn. 
A person once said that when you cease to learn, you cease to live. And I want to tell you, that is true. And I would add to that, when you cease to learn, you cease to lead. And all of us need the idea, this idea of wisdom that we might be able to influence and help others. Now, this morning, can I just walk through a little bit of the chapter here to get you to understand the interpretation of this passage? And then I want you to, again, look at a couple things. Again, these are very familiar, very elementary things. You probably already have them circled in your Bible. Verses 1, 2, 3 says if three times. Verse number 4, the first word in verse number 4 is what? I'm sorry. Verse 1, 2, 3, and 4 is three times. The first word in verse number 5 is the word what? So we have, if I do these things, then this is what's going to happen, all right? Let's start with the then in verse number five. Then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. So if I'm going to fear God properly and understand God, know God, and find the knowledge of God, then I need to do verses one, two, three, and four. Four different things. What are they? Quickly, again, this is not the message, but it leads up to what we're looking at this morning. Verse number one, my son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee. With thee. Can I just put one word to that? And that's the word read, talking about the word of God. Read, verse number two. So that thou incline thine ear. Can we put one word to this? Let's put the word listen. If thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding. Verse number three. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge and liftest up thy voice for understanding. Can we just put one word with that, the word ask? And then in verse number four, he says, if thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as for hid treasures. Can we put the word desire? Then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Now again, these verses in context go together, unlike chapter 10 on to the rest of the book, oftentimes one verse, one subject, one sermon, one thought. Not so with this chapter. Because the very next verse says, for the Lord giveth wisdom. Now think for a second. Then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God, if you do this, 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 and this. If you, uh, if you read, if you, if you ask, if you seek. Uh, if, you, if you desire, he tells us the four things there. And he says, if you do these, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Then he says, for the Lord giveth wisdom. There's no other place to get it but from God. God's the one that gives us wisdom. What is wisdom? Again, I feel like I'm getting really elementary this morning because I'm trying to get to the thought. But wisdom is simply knowledge plus understanding. Where do we get that definition? From verse number six. For the Lord giveth wisdom. Out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. Knowledge is the facts. Understanding is the comprehension of those facts. Wisdom is the use of that, those facts. A person who's wise is a person who knows what to do and does it. Why? Because he comprehends, he understands. This is what the scripture says, that's the knowledge. Understanding, I understand what the Lord's trying to teach me here, what I'm trying to put into practice. Wisdom is me doing it. Now, this morning, we're working our way down. In verse number six, the Lord gives wisdom. Then he goes in verse number 7, 8, and 9. I'm just going to read them and not teach and preach these this morning. But verse 7, he layeth up sound wisdom for who? He is a buckler to them that what? All right. He being God, he keepeth the path of judgment and preserveth the way of his what? All right. And what's the first word in verse number 9? All right. Then shalt, thou understand the, then shalt thou understand righteousness and judgment and equity, yea, every good path. The church family, for time's sake, I don't have time to walk through all this together. But I think one, there's one clear principle in this is that God is not going to give wisdom to a dirty vessel. He's going to give it to the person who walks uprightly. He's going to give it to his saints. He's going to give it to somebody who's living right. Now, I know there's, there's sensual wisdom, but there's wisdom from above, according to the book of James. And that wisdom that God gives, for the Lord giveth wisdom, is to the person who's doing right. If you're doing wrong, you're not going to get the wisdom of God. You're, you're not going to have God to show you knowledge, understanding, and the use of that. You're not, God's not going to do that for a person that's not living right. 
Now, we jump down to verse number 10. He just gets done talking about wisdom. In verses 1, 2, 3, and 4, what you need to do. Verse number 5, what God's going to do. Verse number 6, where does it come from? It comes from God. Knowledge plus understanding is wisdom, and it comes from God. Then in verse number 10, he says, when wisdom entereth. I want you to notice it does not say if wisdom enters. He says, when wisdom entereth. When wisdom entereth into thine heart, and knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul. Church, for me, a... I'm almost there, okay? I'm, I'm coming to the message. Please stay me a little bit longer. Do you understand when wisdom entereth into thine heart and knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul, the word pleasant there means sweet, tasteful, something that you would desire. I want to tell you a, a telltale sign on whether or not a person gets wisdom is whether or not they knowledge is pleasant unto their soul. How much do you like to read your Bible? How much do you like to come to church? I want to just tell you that a person who's wise, there's that, there's that desire for that. A person who doesn't want to get up and read God's word and they, they think it's a chore to come to church, I'm just telling you, that's foolish. That's not wise. Amen. Now, in verse number 10, here's where we pick, up our, our, pick it up. This is the person who got wisdom. When wisdom entereth into thine heart, not your head but your heart, he goes on to say in verse 10, and knowledge is pleasant to thy soul. If you get wisdom, what's going to happen? Verse number 11, discretion shall preserve thee, understanding shall keep thee. Now, just show me the word preserve and the word keep means to hedge about. I'm just going to slide this over here. It means to hedge about. Now, here's the thought this morning. God wants all of us to have wisdom. We know that from chapter number, chapter number one. Wisdom crieth without, shareth her voice in the streets. She crieth in the chief place of concourse. In other words, every person comes in contact with wisdom. All right? We decide whether or not we want it or not. So God says that when wisdom entereth into thine heart, when you get wisdom, the knowledge of God, the understanding of God, and putting into practice what God has taught you in your life, when you do that, two things happen. Discretion shall preserve thee, understanding shall keep thee. The wall is discretion and understanding. Discretion means to be discreet. It means to be able to discern as far as what's right, what's wrong, what I should do, what I shouldn't do. A situation, a person, a thought, a statement. There's discretionary. We talk about discretion shall preserve thee. Understanding shall keep thee. Understanding is that comprehension of the facts. To understand what's going on. Church family, it's a chain that takes place here. In verses 1, 2, and 3, and 4, if you do this, verse number 5, God says that I'm going to give you this wisdom. Then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God, for the Lord giveth wisdom. With that wisdom comes discretion and understanding. And it's a protection for the Christian. Why do we teach the word of God? Why do we try to get our young people to memorize the word of God? We're trying to put the knowledge of the facts of the word of God in, that the Holy Spirit of God might bring an understanding who says he'll teach us and guide us into all truth so that I can live the Christian life when I leave church here this week and be wise in my actions and what I do and what I say. That wisdom is, it put, produces a wall for me of protection. Discretion shall preserve thee. Preserve, hedge about. Understanding shall keep thee to guard, to protect. The protection of the Christian life comes from a Christian who wisely does the word of God. There's a protection there. Now, think for a second here. In verses 10 through 17, no period till you get to verse number 17. There are two main things that God says he's going to protect us from. Look at those two with me quickly. Again, I know you probably have these already underlined. But in verse number 12, let's just read the first phrase. You ready? Number, let's read verse 11 first. The discretion shall preserve thee, understanding shall keep thee, colon. What's the first thing God's going to protect us from is the first sentence in verse 12. Let's read it together. You ready? To deliver thee from the way of the evil man. He's going to describe the evil man from verses 12 through verse 15. Look at verse number 16. Let's read the first phrase in verse number 16. 
to deliver thee from the strange woman. He's going to describe the strange woman basically 16, really down to the end of the chapter. Now, church family, can I just tell you that as a young person, this book was written to the young person, but it's also written to us. We need protection. We need that spiritual protection that only discretion and understanding can give us, but you're not going to have discretion and understanding unless you get the wisdom of God because the Lord's the one that gives that wisdom. Where does wisdom come from? It comes from the book that you hold in your hand right there. Psalm chapter 19, I believe, tells us that the simple is made wise through the word of God. Jeremiah tells us that knowledge and understanding comes from, and I will give, again, I will give you new pastors who will feed you after my own heart, knowledge and understanding. We understand that wisdom comes from a God-given pastor, comes from the word of God, comes from me asking, James 1, verse number 5, if any of you lack wisdom, let them ask of God. We understand that it comes from reproof. The ear that heareth the reproof of life abideth among the wise. Church, I mean, there's, there's ways that God wants to give us wisdom, and so many times we refuse the wisdom that God wants to give us. But what does that wisdom do? It puts a wall up for us. It protects us. How's that protection? It's that discretion to be able to discern what's right, what's wrong, what I should do, what I shouldn't do. It's that, that keeping of, or, or guard or hedging about of us when it comes to understanding. I know, I know where that path's going. I'm not going that path. Now, God uses these verses to teach two main things here, and that's the two things I want to talk to you real briefly this morning. The protection that God gives a young person, whether you're young or old, he says to deliver thee from the way of the evil man, and then a little bit later he talks about to deliver thee from the strange woman. Can I just tell you that we are all influenced by people? We're influenced by people. I think it was Sam Jones, Evangelist Sam Jones, that said this. He said that every person five years from now will be the same except for the people that they meet and the books that they read. We are influenced by people. You came to church this morning. You're not only influenced from the preaching from the pulpit. You're influenced by the person in the pew. There's an influence. How many times a visitor comes and says, hey, listen, I came to your church, and the reason I came back is because somebody came up and shook my hand and, and was friendly to me. What was that? They were influenced by people. When it comes to our children and we, uh, we go home and all of a sudden they say a, a word or, or do something, where did that come from? They're influenced by people. They're influenced by people. Hey, listen, church, and we were talking about this a little bit in the Sunday school hour. If you're with me so far, say amen. amen. I want to tell you something. If we're not careful because of the eye gate and ear gate, we allow things to come in that causes us to make decisions and do things that we would not normally do. And it goes back to that we are influenced by people. And this wall of protection helps us. Amen. It protects us when it comes to people. Listen, I want to tell you something. The people that you work with on a regular basis, and sometimes it's even Christians, they are so concerned about what's going on in the world, and the only reason they're concerned about, and they're in a tizzy, they're, they're worried, they're anxious, is because of what they see and hear. Somebody posted it as a joke, but I think it's so true. Somebody went into the almost community and asked them, hey, how come COVID isn't bothering you all? Their answer was, we don't have a TV. The problem is, is that we allow people to influence us. That's why it's so important for our children not to be on the internet unsupervised. It's so important for us not to put movies in Hollywood. Because what is it? It's a constant bombardment of them as a person. And the wise person who has discretion and understanding is the wall that is put about them that delivers them from the evil man and from the strange woman. Let's talk about these two this morning and we'll be, we'll be done this morning. The Bible says, very interesting about the evil man, because sometimes a person thinks, well, the evil man's a lost person. Whenever you read the book of Proverbs, the evil person is talking about, most of the time, a, is a backslidden Christian, and a wicked man is always referring to somebody who's lost. A wicked person is a person who's not a believer. Just for me, the unique thing about this protection, it's not against those who are lost. The protection is against those who are backslidden and are saved. 
How do you know that? Because of the description. He says, to deliver thee from the way of the evil man, from the man that speaketh forward things. Now look at the next phrase. Who leaveth the paths of what? Of brightness. But you're saying, in order to leave something, that means you had to be there. To deliver thee from the way of the evil man, from the man that speaketh forward things, who leave the paths of brightness, to walk in the ways of darkness. Now think for a moment, church family. To walk in the ways of darkness, the ways of darkness is the lost person. We know that from 1 Corinthians, or 2 Corinthians chapter 6, when it talks about be not unequally yoked with unbelievers, for what fellowship hath light with? Darkness. So in other words, this evil man is a person who's saved, but he's walking in the paths of darkness. He's walking the lifestyle of what a lost person would walk in. You know what God says? You need discretion and you need understanding as a wall to protect you from that guy. Or girl. Just because somebody says that they are a born-again believer does not mean that they're living like a born-again believer. Do you know how many times a person, I mean, I've heard all kinds of people say, I'm a Christian. Just for me, the word Christian means Christ-like. I'm not even sure that I'm a Christian. That means we're supposed to be like the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives and our words and our actions. You know, we're, we're concerned. We, so many times people are so concerned about their children being with unbelievers that they let the wall down when it comes to believers. Can I just be honest with you? Thank you. I'm supposed to do that all the time anyway, by, by the way. I want to tell you something. God brings this fellowship of people together, but we all do not believe the same. This group of collection of people have come together because of Jesus Christ. We come together because of the person of Jesus Christ. But we are not all not here together because of we all believe the same. Because we're not the same. Do we believe the Bible is the word of God, yes or no? Can we all say that we always follow personally, we always follow the word of God in everything of our lives? Can, we all, can anybody say that? Okay, so what I'm trying to say is this, is that when you have children... I don't feel like you're, you're under obligation. And by the way, I don't have a problem with my kids going to somebody's house. I don't like my kids spending the night at somebody's house. That's me personally. But can I just tell you something? That's, that's something a parent has to decide. But we as Christians are not at odds with one another because one parent does one thing for his family. Another parent does something else for his family because God made the parent the one responsible for that child. Am I, am I right on that? All right, last I checked, the government does not own your children. The Christian school does not own your children. Those children were given to you to raise in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So what we have to use as parents is, God, would you please give me wisdom, which is going to give me discretion and understanding to be able to discern what's best for my children because that's the wall of protection that keeps my child from messing up. It's difficult for me when my kids go away from away to college because, truthfully, they're making major they're making decisions in their life, and I can't make those decisions for them. There's not a magic age that a parent stops making a decision. All right, and I will say this: if your child is living in your home, living in your home, that child should do exactly what you what you say. Amen. Young people, listen to me. I know some of you are in your twenties, you're in your mid mid twenties. I want to tell you something: if you don't like the rules mom and dad had, go somewhere else. Now, your parents wouldn't tell you that. I'm telling you that as your preacher, do not sit in your parents' home and be, do the opposite of what your parents are teaching you because that's ungodly and wicked. Yeah, 
out of respect for your parents. If you're in your mid-20s, well, I'm out of school and I've got freedom to do whatever I want. Well, I'm going to tell you something. You don't have freedom to do whatever you want when you're not paying the rent. Amen. And you're not paying the food. You say, well, I've got a job. Lolly la da. There's prisoners in the prison that have a job. They, just, they only make t- 10 cents an hour, but they have a job. Can, can I just tell you that there's, there's discretion and understanding is this wall that comes because a person gets wisdom, and wisdom comes from the word of God, comes from the man of God, comes from reproof, comes from us praying. All of these things help us get wisdom, which causes us to, oh, now I know why I don't do that. I have discretion, I have understanding, and it's a wall of protection to keep me from the evil man, the person who claims to be a Christian, but he's not living like a Christian. Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. Can I just tell you that if a person's not living right, that sharpens you to be not living right. You've heard me say before, personally, I don't think we actually pick our friends, we gravitate to our friends. And I reason I believe that is Proverbs 27, verse number 19. As in water, face answer to face, so the heart of man to man. When I look into water, I see the reflection of my face physically. As in water, face answer to face, so the heart of man to man. The people you like hanging around is the kind of person you are. The reason you hang around bad people is because you're not a very good one. You know, you don't get good friends like that. Oh, this is such a spiritual person. Come spend time with me. Bad typecasting, but it works. <laughs> I spend time with people that are like me. Amen. I want to tell you something. If you want to protect yourself, use some discretion. Amen. Have some understanding of what, which way this path is taking you. Is Samuel in here? Samuel's in here. We're t- my, your mother and I were talking about you this morning. We talk about all our kids. Parents, isn't it fun talking about your kids? You can say whatever you want, amen? It's fun. Stacia and I were talking about there are things that, uh, of course, Seth and Samuel are, are college. And uh, uh, as, as of right now, Samuel goes back to House Anderson here, I think, on Monday. And I think Seth, is Seth in here? Seth's over here, Lord permitting, in January he'll head to Crown. So I know they're going to go different places, and he's looking at business, and I don't know what he's going to do in life, but, uh, but uh, ministry of some sort. And, uh, and believe me, when they leave, I miss them. I, I tease about them, but I do miss them. But, you know, as far as the, my two sons, uh, you know, if Lord Terry's is coming and the Lord is kind to them, and, you know, they're going to get married, Lord permitting. I'm not sure about Seth, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> They're going to get married. The kind of person that they're going to probably marry is somebody like themselves, spiritually speaking. You know, if they're having a walk with God and they're trying to be right with authority and they're trying to, you know, take care of themselves and their things, you know. I always say this, and I guess I just want to throw it in. I can tell a lot, of, anybody can, you can tell a lot about a person by the way their room is at home. I'm just telling you, it's true. It's, it's so true. If I go into your room right now and you've got clothes all over the floor and your, your desk is all messed up and, you know, you haven't made your bed in a week and, or three or a month, you say a lot about yourself because that's the character of a person of what you are that people can't see. If I go out to the parking lot right now 
and I start opening up car doors. I can tell a lot about you just by whether or not you had McDonald's and you threw your trash on your floor in your, in your car. I can, t- I can tell a lot about you. You say you're being judgmental. Absolutely. Now, I don't go to your car. I mean, I look through the windows, but I don't go to your car. <laughs> but anyway, my wife and I are talking about this morning is, is that there are things that, you know, I'm afraid that, you know, that because they have not experienced things in life, my wife and I have been married, this is 32 years, am I correct on that? 32 years this next month. And uh, there's things as you live life, you know what I'm talking about, that you see, you experience, you understand that an 18, 19, 20-year-old, they cannot because they haven't lived long enough. So God gave you parents who have wisdom, and with that wisdom comes some discretion and understanding to put a thing of protection around you. And what happens is you as young people, you're living off your parents' protection, and you're, oh, I'm sick and tired of this. I'm going to do my own thing. But what you fail to understand, now you've left yourself open for for the world, the flesh, and the devil to do whatever they want to you. Because you look at this wall as, as, as rules and these walls as uh, confinement, but this is not confinement, this is protection. How come I can't go over to such and such guy's house? Well, I just don't think you should go over there. Dad, you're just old. Well, tell me something else I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm old, and I'm a lot older than you are. Hey, listen to me. God wants to give you protection from the evil man. And I'm just trying to tell you, we often put our guard down when it comes to this. Listen to me. <laughs> Every college has their problems, and I'm not going to bash Christian colleges this morning, but I want to tell you something. All Christian colleges have flesh. All Christian colleges have things that, that you are all not going to agree with. But I want to tell you what happens in a young person's life. They go to a Christian college because it's got the word Christian on it, and they let their guard down because supposedly everybody around them is a Christian but everybody around them does not believe like you believe. Isn't it crazy? A young person can stay here at home, live in their parents' house, and go to KU and make it because they know they're walking into a den of lions of people who are not saved with instructors who are lost and don't believe in God, but they've got enough common sense to keep their guard up. But a young person goes to the Christian college, oh, these these are all Christians, everything's fine. It's not fine. You know why? Because there's evil men there. There's people who have left the paths of uprightness. So that protection that God wants to give us. First of all, he says, I'm going to give you protection. It's called discretion and understanding, which comes with wisdom. I'm going to give it to you, and it's going to keep you from the evil man. There's only two, and that's why the period's not until verse number 17. I think it's verse 16. To deliver thee from the strange woman, even three Fs that are mentioned there. All right, you, let's look at them so we're looking at them in our scriptures. Verse number 16, to deliver thee from the strange woman, even from the stranger which, what's the first one? Flattereth with her words, which number two, forsaketh the guide of her youth, and third of all, and forgetteth the covenant of her God. Now, church, I mean, the strange woman, I know this is awful teaching, but that's what the Lord has for us this morning, so you have to bear, bear with me a little bit longer. The strange woman can be lost or saved. The word strange simply means foreign. In other words, if I can put it this way, it's anybody that's not your wife. So my wife, every other woman to me is a strange woman, not in the sense, oh, that's a harlot. I've had people say, well, I thought the strange woman, you know, she was enticing the young man. The word strange just means foreign. That's all it means. 
Actually, the farther definition in the Strong's Concordance means not of kin. All right, so my wife and I, we're related by marriage, all right? Every other woman is strange to me. They're foreign to me. Young person, can I just tell you, you're not married. That means every woman's strange to you. Listen to me. We, uh, this is Pastor Hank speaking, okay? Whatever your parents decide, that's fine. I don't believe in arranged marriages. I'm just telling you. I don't find that in the scripture as far as, you know, that I'm supposed to pick the, the, the one out for my, for my children. Because some of my kids, I don't like them, and I'd pick the ugliest woman I could find. <laughs> Stay with her the rest of your life. <laughs> Try kissing that. I don't, so I don't do that. Okay. But can I just tell you that God says, I want to give you protection. And that protection is from the strange woman, is the person who flattereth, forgetteth. What's the last one? Forsaketh. forsaketh. All right, now there's interesting, all three of these. To deliver you from the strange woman, for the woman that flattereth with her mouth. Flattery is insincere praise. Amen. Should we praise people? Yes. But flattery is insincere. All right? Fellas, don't be stupid. If she comes up to you and says, you're the most handsome thing in the world, go look in the mirror. <laughs> she's lying to you I've never seen anybody so strong in my life flattery all right so he says that uh, flattery and then let me let me make sure I get the right word here in verse look at the next word, word there it says forsaketh the guide of her youth now church family the guide of her youth is only mentioned one other time in scripture in the book of Jeremiah and believe it or not the guide of her youth is your father Amen. it's the only other time it's mentioned in scripture the guide of your youth is your father. Now, can I tell you, the Bible says she, for, for, she forsaketh the guide of her youth. She forsaketh what her parents have been teaching her. Hey, I know this is an unusual message, but I don't, I don't want to change it. I'm not going to change it. We're just going to finish this out, okay? Can I just tell you that when it comes to forsaking the guide of her youth, she forsakes the authority in her life. In other words, the guide of her youth, when you're guiding somebody, come here, Skyler. When you're guiding somebody, you're leading them. You're directing them. What do we do with our children until we're, we're guiding them, directing them in their education, in their spirituality? We're guiding them. And I know they get to the place where, there's, again, there's not a magic age. They decide for themselves. This is me, but I think if they're living at your house, you should let your parents continue to be your guide. Let me say something else might, be a, 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 might bother a little bit of you. Can I just tell you that when the Bible says four times in Scripture you're supposed to leave your father and mother and cleave? This is crazy. One of the top four reasons of divorce is because people let their in-laws tell them what to do. Once you get married to your husband, he's the authority in your life, not your dad. So God gives us a guide of our youth. All of us as children had that guide. That guide is our parents. So what does she do? She goes after the fella, and she's going after the fella, but there's some fellas she can't get to. You know why she can't get to them? Because there's a wall up. You know what that wall is? It's the result of a person being wise, and they've got discretion and understanding, and it protects them from that kind of woman. Hey, listen, fellas. If she talks bad about authority, you don't want her because you're going to be her authority. There are some girls, boy, they can put, the, they can put their face together, but that's about it. As a jewel of gold in a swine snout, so is a fair woman, which is without. Hmm. That's the wall, isn't it? Hey, we we got to be careful 
that as a young person or even as an adult, that we decide to ourselves, I'm going to do my own thing. I don't need the pastor telling me what to do. I don't need my parents. I don't need somebody reproving me. I don't, need, I don't have to do necessarily exactly like the word of God says. Because what happens is you get outside this side of the wall. I'm just trying to tell you, you're, you're setting yourself up for, as chapter number one says, calamity, fear, desolation, destruction, anguish. This is a wall. It's a wall of protection. Some of you young people, I want to tell you something. You haven't gotten to the place in your life where you're wise yet. Then can I just tell you, I would listen to your mom and dad. Because your mom and dad has that wisdom and that discretion and that understanding that protects you. You know, if you end up going away to college, you still should be calling your mom and dad. Hey, what do you think about this? Or what do you think about this? You know what that does? Keeps the wall up. Hey, I want to tell you something. My boys, I know they think I stalk them, and I do. I don't care. (laughs) I'm the stalker. When Sharon went to college, now Samuel went to college, and Seth I haven't had to worry about yet. He's kind of a little quiet. I should be worried, but I'm not. I mean, I'm, but if I find out that they even look at the opposite gender, I'm on it. Amen. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so I get on the phone. I, I talk to the president of the college. What do you think about this person? I talk to uh, teachers and staff. I want to know. Now, Samuel's going to make his own decision to a degree. Hopefully be wise enough to get, get direction. But, but you know what? As a father, I want what's best for them. Amen. You know, till death do you part means you can't, this doesn't happen again. Right. You know, if you don't like the one that you married, you've got two options, murder and go to jail. <laughs> or stay with them the rest of your life. That's it. So I'm just trying to tell you that when it comes to the strange woman and when it comes to the evil man, your protection is that discretion and understanding that comes with wisdom. The wisdom comes from God. If you're a young person in here, that wisdom is really your parents' discretion and understanding. But as you get older, you can have the same discretion and understanding of what do I do here and should I do this and is this, is this really right? And I want to tell you something. Don't be deceived by what's on the outside when it comes to a person. It's what's on the inside that can affect you. That's where discretion comes in. Understanding comes in. That evil man says, hey, why don't you skip going out bus calling and go with me? Why don't, you, why don't you miss one church service and we'll go over and do this? Discretion, understanding. I don't think so. I'm going to church. Amen. What does that do? It keeps you from the evil man that's going to send you down a wrong path. The strange woman. Hey, they said, I'm going write to you, write you a note, but don't show it to your parents. Discretion, understanding. I'm sorry, if you're going to write something, I'm not going to hide it from my parents. Discretion, it's that protection that God gives us in our life. If you don't get it, look what happens, and we're done. Look at verse number 18. For her house inclineth unto what? Death, and her pass unto the what? None, not some, not many. None that go unto her return again, neither take they hold of what? What's the path of life? Here's the path of life. 
that thou mayest walk in the way of good men and keep the paths of the righteous. For the upright shall dwell in the land and the perfect shall remain in it. You're going to miss out on an enjoyable life simply because I don't need protection. I'm going to do my own thing. Go ahead and do your own thing. Death, miss the paths of life, all of that simply because you didn't have discretion and understanding. If any of you lack wisdom, let them ask of God, which giveth all men liberally. What comes with that wisdom? Discretion and understanding. Should I, should I not? Is that, bad or, is that bad or good? Is that right or wrong? Is that person helpful or hurtful? There's something that happens on the inside of a person's mind to a person who gets wisdom. Young person, when you're young, you're relying upon that protection from your mom and dad. But as you get older, you can have that same protection if you just simply get wisdom. If any of you lack wisdom, let them ask of God. Ask God every day of your life, God, give me wisdom. Read the Bible every day of your life, get wisdom. Don't miss a church service and listen to a preacher that gives us wisdom. All of these things, that wall of protection, and it's simply because a person gets wisdom. Would you bow your head and close your eyes for just a moment this morning?